Welcome to Metaphysical Soul Speak. I'm your host, Elena Fox Starks. Hey guys, I hope you're doing really well in this moment in time and that whenever and wherever you happen to be as we're hurtling through the universe on spaceship planet Earth, I hope that you are being aware, becoming aware, if you're not already, of all of the ascension symptoms that we've been having. <laughs> you might just be thinking, well, maybe I'm just getting old. You know, maybe that's just it. I'm getting old and this is why I'm having what I'm having. This is why, sure, I might have a little arthritis. Maybe I ate some wheat yesterday. Maybe it's just cold. Maybe it's rainy. That's that's why. Maybe I'm having this pain for that. You know, you make excuses for all the aches and pains that you have, but if you stop and think about it and you start looking at the lists of ascension symptoms, and I'm going to read a few in a minute, I want you guys to realize that it's possible, very possible, that you're not just getting old. You don't need to beat yourself up for maybe eating the wrong thing. Ooh, I had a candy bar yesterday. Maybe that's why I'm in pain now. Maybe it's my karma and I deserve that. <laughs> I know I shouldn't have hugged that cat, but you know, hey, she had a cute face. Didn't shouldn't have pet that dog, but you know, his big brown eyes looked up at me and I just I had to scratch him behind the ear ears and now ooh, now I'm having sinus issues. Don't blame yourself because if I read this list to you and you go, Oh my gosh, I need to think about that one. Yes, yes, yes and more yeses. It's very, very possible that what you are actually experiencing is actually ascension symptoms. As we move up into the fifth dimension, we stop uh, being so dense in our physical bodies. Our physical bodies are becoming less and less dense and more and more crystalline. And we are transforming (laughs) Little by little, bit by bit, doesn't seem like much, but when you add it up all together and you, if you could even go back three years ago and feel your body then versus now, I bet we would have a big shock. I really feel, I feel like a little bit lighter energetically, but it doesn't feel like there's much change, but I have a feeling there is like, you know what I mean? Like, I guess intuitively is what I mean by, I feel there's a big change from where I was at three, four years ago. So I feel like we're going to, I don't know. I'm going to go through the ascension symptoms in a minute. And I feel like what we're, what's going to happen is we're, we're going 
to um, continue to have these changes little by little, bit by bit, until we're suddenly there and we're going to go, wow, how did we even get here? That's so strange. Why, you know, how come I feel totally different? And I don't think we're ever going to have the awareness of how we felt even three years ago, how our bodies felt even five years ago. I don't think it's even going to, we're ever going to experience that again. But hey, thank God for that, right? All right, hold on a minute and I'm going to, I'm going to open up the Ascension Symptoms uh, list and we're going to get to it. All right, guys, I'm going to tell you a couple different Instagram accounts that I follow. And who had to run up the stairs because the, <laughs> the wolf dog is knocking on the door because he knows my son's inside uh, eating an ice cream bar and dogs are not allowed to have chocolate. So <laughs> and he's just oh, he's relentless. He loves my he loves my son so much. Lobo is his name. He loves my kid. He's just like, ugh. he can't stand being away from us. Even Blackie, they can't, they have to come in always with us and, and animals. <laughs> okay. Um, oh God, whew. Running, I just ran up three flights of stairs, but you know what? It's like I suddenly I have so much more energy than I did before. And when I was doing this, um, in the apartment, it'd be like, I'd run up the stairs like once every three or four days, I'd go downstairs and back upstairs. Now I'm doing three or four times a day, sometimes six, seven times a day, up and down three flights of stairs. So I'm actually, I'm getting in better shape and I can handle it better. <laughs> also, I'm 300 feet in elevation lower than I was. So, I mean, literally at this, at this elevation for me, at least every little bit helps. I bet if I went down in elevation two or 300 more feet, that would be just a perfect spot for me. That'd be my, like my sweet spot elevation wise, where I'd have more oxygen and more energy. Okay. Try and get through this. All right. (laughs) Pure intention, five, five, five. And they're my, um, I'm following them. It's pure underscore intention 555. This is what she says today. Well, this is actually within the past 24 hours. Energy update. Cold and flu-like symptoms, sinus pressure, teeth and jaw pain, migraines and headaches, feeling extremely spacey, very forgetful and clumsy, nauseous on and off. See, I've been feeling that for a few days. Today, thank you God, I'm better. After that, 16 hours sleep yesterday and today very weird but nauseous on and off random muscle twitches in the body legs arm face stabbing pain in the heart chakra sore itchy and blurry eyes that has been absolutely me I thought it was allergies to the dogs but no I guess if everyone else is feeling it too right Seeing flashes of light. You guys, I have seen so many flashes of light (sighs) to the side, right in front of me. I was looking at my son and behind him in the back part of his aura, I saw white and blue flash of light like it opened up and then disappeared right away. I've seen that also in my room just randomly. I think it's fairies. I think we're suddenly starting to see into... um, the fourth dimension, which is the element or the air. 
it's it's like I don't want to say the airy fairy realm, but it's it's kind of where the mental realm is. It's where you know thoughts and ideas, flashes of inspiration, uh, get trapped in the fourth dimension. That's where all the stuff of our mental bodies end up. But I don't know. I mean, maybe it's fifth dimensional beings. I think it, okay, yeah, my higher guidance is saying yeah. What we're starting to see is fifth dimensional beings, like fairies, fey folk who are there. They were always there. We just didn't know. <laughs> you know, here we go with our my neighbor's really long. Uh, <laughs> somebody pushed their button, you know, their doorbell, and it's like a super long song. Great. It sounds, it's so loud. It's almost like, sounds like it's downstairs. All right. Um, all right. So itchy, blurry eyes, seen flashes of light. Now this is for, you know, women that are um, of menstruation age, I suppose. Um menstrual cycle changes cramps and period like pain along with some pregnancy symptoms man this is weird this is something i like about five six years ago maybe even seven years ago i kept having this this one all over i mean to the point of okay i know i didn't you know do anything in three months but i need to get a pregnancy test you know it it was just like i know you know, back when I was active and I had someone I was seeing and it just kept happening over and over again. We're being safe every time. I've had my tubes tied. There's no reason for me to feel like I'm pregnant or be pregnant. And yet I kept having this symptom. Now I'm thinking it was probably all along with the Ascension energies before anyone understood what the hell was happening to us. So, um, and I was just kind of living this weird nightmare on my own thinking, the aliens are getting me pregnant and then taking the baby before, you know, and I would get really bloated and I'd feel like the baby's inside me kicking. It was like crazy. And then all of a sudden I would like, I would go and take a pregnancy test. And usually like the next day I would be thin again and no more symptoms. And it's like, what the actual hell? But this is something that a lot of women are experiencing right now. Cramps, period-like pain, pregnancy symptoms. Now, for everybody, uh, some root chakra tingling that sends butterfly-like vibrations up through the chakra system. Throat and third eye activations, kundalini, and also hot flashes seem to mainly be in the afternoon and evening time. So that's one of them. Let's see, I have another one up here. Ascension News. This is somebody else... Um, yeah, this isn't really, I don't even know why I saved this one. Oh, this is why, um, I'm looking at this. Uh, I don't think this one was, yeah, this is just basically saying we're having shifts and blah, 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 you know, just basic information that people aren't really totally aware of. Let me see where I'm at into this, um. All right, cool. I want to make sure I have enough moments. All right, so this next one is Naga Healing 33. Another person that I just recently started following. Um, so this is uh, the collective update and take it or leave it. You know, if it doesn't apply, let it fly. If it resonates, take it. If otherwise, just like, nope, maybe it's just her. You know, and that's what how it is with a lot of us. You know, we think... 
oh, these symptoms are just me. But then when you mention it to other people, other people go, no, that's not me at all. So maybe it's just you. Or people go, oh my God, me too. Holy crap. It's an ascension symptom. So this is how we discover if it is or not. So if I read it to you and you relate to it, then you're going to go, oh, all right. And if you don't, you could, then we could just chalk it off to something she personally was still going through. You know what I mean? So let's, let's figure this one out. Let's figure it out. Naga healing. And she says, Ascension energies community. I guess she puts healing guidance, uh, updates out. So collective update. This is from yesterday, the 10th. I've been noticing violent thoughts for some time now. Whatever they are, don't fear them and don't react to them. You guys, I've been feeling, I've been having a lot of violent thoughts. Like really like, I'm not even going to say what they are because I don't want to incite violence, (laughs) but because of the Black Lives Matter movement, and I don't know if I'm just catching flashes of other people's violent thoughts or because usually I'm not a violent person, but I'm like, I've had enough of this crap. Let's just do X, Y, and Z or A, B, and C. And I get really upset about it. And my son's like, that's not even you mom. Like what, why are you saying that? So now that I'm reading this, it's like, Oh, okay. Empaths be like, Hmm, this is what I'm feeling too. And then we're starting to catch on to the thoughts other people are having probably not acting on, but this is it. So it says, don't fear the violent thoughts and don't react to them. Treat them as just another thought. Brain has been making word salads again, <laughs> switching words around and saying the opposite from what you thought in your mind. Oh God. See, I thought this was when I was hit by lightning. So now that I read this, I'm like, maybe possibly that's what I've been going through. Ascension symptom wise. You guys know if you've been listening to me long enough, you know that I'll say a word and I'm like, wait a minute, that's not the right word. What the hell? <laughs> And I'm not even high right now, but I sound very, very high. You know what I mean? Like I have those moments where I just question myself, but if somebody else is going through it, maybe it is indeed an ascension symptom that possibly we're all experiencing. All right. So it says there's a very strong, surreal feeling and we are connecting to higher and higher timelines every day. You're feeling very lost, spaced out unreal and with a tunnel vision which is actually conscious awareness where you experience your reality as if it was a movie you were imagining every minute she sounds like she's very very high doesn't it but (laughs) I've had moments like that you know like today I walked downstairs and I, I looked at my son and I go well and he goes what and I said this is real he said, yeah, this is real. And then we just kind of looked outside and we looked around. We're like, this is a cool reality we're in. We both kind of looked at each other. I said, this is a cool reality we're in. He's like, that's what I was thinking before you came down. You know, like this is a cool place that we live in. Like this is, he didn't say the word reality. He said place. I'm like, yeah, this is It's crazy. Like how do we get to be in such a beautiful place? And yet we are in this beautiful place. We're looking at the sky looks surreal and the the, the plants, everything seems a lot brighter and a lot more beautiful. The colors have been absolutely stunning. Every time I I look outside or walk outside, I'm like, wow, there's so many crazy things going on right now. So um, I'm glad that she's talking about this because yeah, all right, I get that. 
dreams are almost only vivid now. <laughs> That's true. And they are so vivid, you can even be mixing them up with reality. Yes. Yes, yes, yes to all of that. Do you guys feel it? I mean, it's been absolutely crazy, crazy lately. All right. I had a dream that my oldest kid, um, after months of not hardly talking to me and being angry about things from childhood and working it all out and seeing the counselor and all that, I did. I had a dream this morning, not a wishful thinking dream because that would be in the first part of my night, but my predictive dreams always happen in the morning, especially if I'm well rested. I had a dream that he decided he's tired of being um, homeless and bouncing around from shelter to shelter in the Bay Area and that maybe the university he was going to go to, it wasn't going to work out. And he just said, screw it, I'm, I'm coming home. And he comes to Ecuador and he comes and lives in the third bedroom in this house. You know, and I've always told him, as long as I can afford it, I'll have a place with a bedroom for you in case you want to come back. And I'll help you come home. But he paid for his own ticket. He came home and started a restaurant with, or, or she, because actually, I'm sorry, she's going by she now. But she decided to come home and, and start a restaurant with my youngest as a business and have like a real, you know, go at it. I'm like, yeah, this is super cool. And I woke up going, oh, wait a minute. She doesn't actually live here. And it felt like she was here for a while. Like, and she had apologized to me. I apologized to her, you know, all the water under the bridge thing that just parents and children have, especially teenagers. We all have it. You know, when you go through having kids like that, it's kind of, (laughs) there's always going to be something, you know, And so we're apologizing to each other saying, Hey, look, I love you. I want to be part of the family again. We're just totally, you know, everything was great. We're all getting along great. And she's like, this is an incredible place you live in. Like, yeah, it really is. I'm really grateful that we found it. And she said, this is kind of place I always wanted to live in. I'm so glad I came home. I'm like, yeah, me too. It was like incredible. We're like, ah, that's so great. So dream, it was extremely vivid. And, And I, so I think that is a part of this, but I think it might actually be, uh, possibly, it might actually be a, um, the, like a predictive dream. We'll see. I'll have more dreams about it if it's real. Um, it might be a potential timeline that may or may not happen. We'll see if I hop a timeline and then I don't have any more dreams and I know it was just that timeline I was just on. So we'll see how it goes. But that is something that I have noticed that, that very vivid dreams lately. Conscious awareness templates from the third and the crown chakras are very strong third eye I'm sorry third eye she has a picture of an eye cute so in the crown are very strong right now and a lot of people are having anxiety panic attacks feeling like they are going to die oh yes I actually have had that too I've noticed this sometimes comes together with the violent thoughts yes body has been feeling a bit warmer very sore very heavy and tight all over I haven't felt the heaviness, but I've definitely felt the tightness, the warmth, not so much because it's kind of cold where I live, but, um, I, I don't know. Have you guys been feeling any of this sore? Absolutely sore. Like what tight all over to my muscles are tight. I'll take a nice hot bath. I'll stretch I'll do everything possible. And then all of a sudden like an hour later, it's like, I didn't do anything. And it is just absolutely tightness again. And she says, especially on the legs and the arms. I've been feeling it in the back. Leg heaviness is surreal too. I don't have that. But you know, actually, that was reported about a month ago that that was upcoming, that we're all going to experience that in um, 
I mean by Shree and Kara on YouTube. So they did predict that, that we're going to feel leg heaviness and we're going to feel like tripping over our own feet. Like we're not able to walk and uncoordinated, like we're in a new body and we don't, we're like a newborn baby. We don't know how to do anything yet that that's going to start coming. So she says, massage your limbs with your hands from the thighs down to the feet, draining that stuck energy. So I don't have the stuck energy like that, but if you do definitely follow this advice, body temperature changing a lot. Face gets randomly heated. I didn't really get, I got that but I smelled something had mold in it and then half my face turned bright red for like an hour, but that was the mold. It wasn't but I don't know if you guys are feeling it, this might be something that you're going through too. So, uh, body temperature changing. Okay. Uh, there is a focalized pressure on hips at the belly button level and the lower back hurts outside and inside this. I actually have been feeling. There's a lot of shivers too. hands hurt and are quite stiff too. I don't have it now, but about three days ago, I did have that where my hands felt really stiff and a lot of pain in my wrists last week with the wrists were really bad. My ankles today, I'm having it in my ankles today. And she says, worst nausea ever. Yes. I had that for three days over the weekend. It's not constant for everyone, but it does come suddenly and you may end up vomiting or even having acid reflux. I didn't vomit, but I did have acid reflux. I'm going to tell you guys right now, one tablespoon of apple cider vinegar, whether it's organic and raw or just straight from a normal grocery store, um, in a glass of water, followed by another glass of water to rinse your teeth. Absolutely best thing you could do for the acid reflux. It might not help the nausea at the moment, but after it helps an acid reflux, you'll feel a lot better overall. I know I did. Stomach is very tight and bloated. Yes, I do feel that pressing womb and lower back area. She says, I've picked the healthiest meals ever. <laughs> Yeah, it has nothing to do with what you're eating. Although it's very hard to eat and you probably just feel very thirsty. Yes. Oh my God. Yes, yes, yes. Ding, 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 ding for me. Um, the other day I drank four glasses tall. I mean, tall glasses of water. Like, um, oh, what is it? Uh, those, you know, like a mason jar. It, we have like these mason jar mugs <laughs> here in Ecuador. And I had four of those filled almost to the top and I drank them down so fast. Like I haven't had water in weeks. It was just like, I was parched water, you know, like I'm crawling through the desert. It was crazy, crazy. It's crazy thirst last night again, too. I had two, I had two huge glasses of water and a big, big cup of tea. Yeah, I just couldn't get enough. I was just like, this is crazy. I think actually I came back up to my bathroom and I drank I drink sink water because I, I just don't feel like going all, all the way down three flights of stairs again. So yeah, I don't know. Are you guys having that extra thirsty energy? Like, wow, it just, it's crazy. Um, let's see. Uh, let's see what else. Um, okay. We are experiencing body symptoms because our body's literally changing. We have to learn how to eat again following what our body asks us to a lot of food that comes from animals will be rejected more and more. I don't know about that guys. Honestly, my body has been craving more and more steak, the fattier, the better 
throw it on the Barbie and oh my God, I can't eat enough. I feel so very, I feel like a wild animal trying to get it. I can't get enough meat. So I don't know. I mean, maybe that's her, but that may or may not be true for you. For me, how I ground is eating meat. How vegans ground is eating, um, well, they eat what they eat has nothing to do with their eating. How vegan people ground, they go outside and put their feet in the dirt. I put my feet in the dirt and then I feel like I got to wash my feet right now. That's freaking me out. I need to eat meat. <laughs> Everybody's different. Everyone has a different way of grounding. Eating meat is my ground. Taking those animal spirits with me, loving them, uh, nurturing them, telling them thank you, honoring them for their sacrifice, and then they go on. Then that that actually helps the animal spirits. It helps the animal kingdom. If your body needs the meat, you're craving the meat, you know, just honor the animal. We always do. My son and I both. We say thank you. We had a ceremony for the chicken we ate the other day. You know, um, you know, we've got the Native American blood. We have got that Cherokee running through our veins. You know, and and honoring and loving the animals and and the sacrifice and the wheel of life and the cycle of life. That's a part of our spirituality. You might be a vegan. You might not. Maybe you're a vegetarian. You're kind of in between. Some animal products and not in others you reject. But, I mean, for me, the idea of eating vegetables lately, I felt like absolutely nauseated with the idea. I've been having more dairy. <laughs> My body's like, yeah, let's have the better milk. Let's have meat. Let's have, you know, and I feel great. It's weird. I'm eating heavier, but I feel lighter. What the hell? You know, so your diet might be changing. You know, before I was eating a lot more like legumes and rice. I was eating meat three times a week. And now I'm like every day I want it for like the past four or five days. And um, I was eating eggs for a while. And all of a sudden I, my body's like, ew, don't want eggs anymore. <laughs> it's just so strange. It, you know, it's just, it is what it is. You know, I've been craving wheat, which was weird. Cause I didn't have wheat for about a week or something, maybe two weeks. And I didn't miss it. I was just eating meat and um, vegetables only, you know, and fruit. And it just, I go in cycles, cycles. And all of a sudden I've been voraciously hungry and I have to have meat. So this might just be true for her. Or maybe there's a certain section of the population where it only is about the veganism suddenly. This is something that happens to many people, she says, during Ascension. Well, it you know, eating a bunch of uh, vegetables, that happens to some people, not to all people. So she says many, sure. But she says she, you start to get nausea and feeling drained, vomits, or even mood swings. I haven't had mood swings so much. A little bit maybe. Just a tiny bit, maybe, you know, 20 minutes a day, not massive or anything. Um, I haven't been feeling drained. I've been feeling absolutely energetic and light because I'm eating meat. <laughs> but the nausea for sure. I've been also uh, picking up sensitive and randomly... Oh, I'm not going to say that out loud. Um, but huge sexual drive for the past weeks... Yeah, I think that's Kundalini and possibly the second shock are starting to be active. And she says, um, it's not constant for everybody and just like womb symptoms, obviously that's not for everybody, but for some people it is. So, all right, there it is. Scarlet Guide is another Instagram account that I started following who has, uh, seems to have a pretty good line on what's going on with the, um, Ascension symptoms, although... 
Scarlet Guard was only uh, mentioning this from the soul therapist. So this is not her original stuff. Maybe I'll unfollow her and follow the soul therapist instead. I like to get it from the source. I don't like these accounts that just, they're, they're having hundreds of thousands of followers by putting out other people's stuff when they're not doing the work themselves. That, that just irritates me. Because then I end up getting the same, the same feed five or six times. And it's like, I got, it's like, who actually made this? And I'm glad when people are starting to wise up and they're putting their own name or their own IG account on their actual like picture. That's what I started doing. I started putting on every single one, metaphysical soul speak, the podcast anchor.fm metaphysical because you know, forward slash metaphysical, because I don't want people to take my stuff and act like it's theirs. It's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Did you ask my permission to use my things? You know what I mean? And, 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 and claim it as your own. Cause I don't think so. You know, my stuff is my stuff. My, my artwork on my timeline, that's my stuff. It's either my photographs or my, I don't, I don't share other people's stuff only because it's, you know, my stuff is original and unique, you know, except for the black square, but I did go get my own black square. (laughs) I made my own post of a black square based on my own, you know, meme maker, (laughs) you know, app. I mean, I didn't like download a black square, you know, know, but for black, for blackout Tuesday. But, um, anyway, so, uh, okay. So the thought, we'll just say at the soul therapist, the soul therapist, all one, you know, all run together. She says ascension symptoms are headaches. Yeah. Ooh. On like Tuesday night. Oh my God. I had a massive headache really bad. It was unbearable. I had enough caffeine for the day. I had like massaged my neck and back and I felt like I, you know, did everything in my power to not have that headache. And it was bad. Ooh, it was a bad one. It was a doozy. And then after an hour, it was totally fine. I'm like, I literally did nothing to help it. I didn't take aspirin or Tylenol. It just went away on its own. I didn't take any herbs, nothing, but it was just crazy. But feelings of deja vu. I have had that a little bit, just a little bit. Um, I bet you guys have had that a little bit too. Maybe even more than a little bit flashes of light in direct and side view. So good. She's reporting the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. I've been seeing fairies all over the place. And also just random flashes of light, but also I've been seeing like actual things like I can make out the wings sometimes flying through the air. It's like we're starting to see things in the ethereal world. It's wonderful. Chills and vibrating body, the body vibrating. Oh my God, with the body vibrations. My, that's why I feel so much lighter, like, like a sort of energy, (laughs) like a buzzing bee in my bones. Um, all the way through my body, especially my lower body, hips, um, through my legs, and, and even sometimes up through my spine. And I feel like I'm vibrating so much that I'm floating above my bed at night when I'm sleeping. And I feel like maybe that's why I'm, asleep, you know, I'm asleep and getting cold, and I'm waking up because I'm cold, and I'm somehow coming back down onto my bed. Like I feel like I'm floating above my bed. I don't know if it's true or not, but it's what I feel like. It's very, very odd. But have you guys been having chills? I've been at night. I'm having that body vibrations, chills, tinnitus. Oh yes. Always, always, always in forever with a tinnitus, but check this out. Hearing your name called. 
I have heard that a little bit, but I more often than not, I'll hear my son say mom and he'll be sound asleep, but I'll hear him call me mom. I heard my, my oldest kid call me, um, the other night in the middle of the night, I heard her voice say mom and I'm like, whoa. And then coupled with the dream, maybe that I'm hearing the future. It's very possible. Very strange things. Uh, I haven't heard my name, you know, Elena. I haven't heard that for a while, but have you guys heard your name called? Um, vivid dreams. Yes. <laughs> we talked about that. Uh, night sweats. Not so much for me. Um, maybe for you guys. I don't know. Waking up at the same time, several nights in a row. That's uh very odd. I haven't had that, but I have been waking up in the morning very early for several days in a row, like woke up at six o'clock in the morning every day for several days. And do I stay up? Do I go back to bed? And it's six o'clock in the morning. I always go back to bed, (laughs) um, but decrease in appetite and increase in thirst. See, just like the other one, synchronicities, repeating numbers, heightened intuitions and increased extrasensory perception. Yes. Yes. On all those. Yes. Yes. So, um, let's see. And I'm, I'm doing like 30 minutes of these symptoms. Okay. Here's somebody else. Okay. Uh, divine feminine two, two, two is another Instagram, uh, person I follow. And this is what she says. Um, Actually, you know what? I don't think I'm going to talk about this one. Although if you want to know about the, uh, twin flame stuff, this is a good one. This is a good one. This one's, uh, she's good. Uh, here we go. Here we go with the Ascension symptoms again with the pure underscore intentions five, five, five today. And this is seven hours ago. Thymus and heart chakra activations and expansion. Now we don't have a thymus chakra. We have a throat chakra, but the thymus is right below the chakra of the throat in between the heart and the throat. So, um, it, like thymus in that area, it's kind of shaped like a butterfly, uh, just above your heart and just below your throat. So thymus and heart chakra activations and expansion, pulsing vibrations going up through the throat, heart palpitations. Yes. Heat and hot flashes coming in unexpected waves. Yes, I did usually at night. And I had that last night before I fell asleep and the night before while I was on, you know, recording the show for you guys. So heat and hot flashes coming up in unexpected waves, pain or heaviness in your chest, excessive sweating. Um, I haven't had that, the sweating thing lately. Um, but acute pain in the breastbone. Not so much the breastbone, but check out the rest of this. Yes. For me on the next part, extending back into the shoulder blades. I have had in between the shoulder blades, like where the wings would be. If I'm an angel, (laughs) um, absolutely. So what she says about that popping and cracking sound of the breastbone, tightening pain in the chest and shortening of breath, anxiety, extreme heartburn, indigestion. Well, that again, I don't have it because I've been taking apple cider vinegar and water that will cure that in two seconds. 
okay that will also cure the acid reflux but then after that nausea heart flutters etc and as these energy centers activate more it can also cause great discomfort in the middle of the back where many of us are unfolding our etheric wings which is opening the energy center behind the heart i have been feeling that wing feeling like we have wings and they're starting to open up i i keep having dreams that i'm like scratching my back because it itches profusely in my dream and and there's like these bumps there and i'm just scratching and scratching at it when all of a sudden my wings pop out and they dry off in the sun and have these massive white wings that are beautiful and then i'm able to fly around and i and i'm starting to learn how to fly and i've been having these recurring dreams for a while and they're wonderful and then i wake up without wings and i'm mad and i still have pain in this area where my wings should be <laughs> and a lot of people i i've talked to have had the same kind of weird dreams like we have wings and we're flying around or or that their upper back is hurting and it's like it's unbelievable pain it's like there's nothing you can do about it either taking um if it's an ascension symptom and you take an ibuprofen or a tylenol or or aspirin it's not going to make it better if it's an ascension symptom so don't take those things drink water um if you have access to coca leaves take coca tea yeah that cures it for me in 10 to 15 minutes if it is uh, not an ascension symptom it will alleviate the ascension symptoms a little bit the coca plant is a very good ethereal plant it does help us um i've had dreams of shamans showing me the coca plant and what time of the night to pick them where they their energy is glowing at the highest rate and you have to ask the spirit of the plant and you have to honor it so that's that uh anise tea doesn't taste very good it's black licorice flavor but anise tea will alleviate some pain essential oils of lavender um even if you have uh vix vapor rub with the essential oil of menthol and eucalyptus that does help a little bit it'll stop it for a minute essential oil of peppermint or just mint tea will also help but you know some of these things are pretty crazy you know the ascension symptoms just there you have it i mean i i haven't done an ascension symptom introduction with all of the symptoms so i wanted to read those to you because I've experienced I would have to say about 97 to 98% of what I just read to you. You know, with the exception of going towards, you know, um I'm not having I actually did have menstrual like cramps the other day and I thought, wow. I mean, I you know, I'm in menopause, that'd be that'd be a damn miracle if <laughs> if all that started up again, but um I wouldn't be upset about it. I'd be amazed. <laughs> I don't mind uh you thing my body but um but I'm not I'm not into a ton of vegetables and fruit like before fruit yes a little bit but not um I'm not going towards tons of that like I did for a while I did do that for a while I went I went full vegan for a while and went then I eased back into a little bit of like dairy like a little bit of parmesan cheese So I was a little bit vegetarian for a while and then all of a sudden my body's like that's it we need to eat meat. <laughs> we we need it now and I needed those B vitamins. And I mean I have brewer's yeast but it doesn't give you the same B vitamins that meat does so 
you know, if you're a vegan, just be careful, you know, be careful with, uh, your vitamins, brewer's yeast, nutritional yeast, those kinds of things are good. Um, making your own sourdough bread will actually give you three times as much protein as regular bread. So how do you make it? You make it with water and wheat flour. That's it. That's how you make sourdough starter. You could probably do it with rye as well, but just be careful because you don't want, (laughs) you know, rye, you can also grow LSD on it. You gotta be careful because it's also another mold that's a toxin, which is not good. Um, But there are ways to make sourdough bread, literally, which is two ingredients. That's with the flour and the water. That's what my son did. He makes uh, vegan sourdough bread. And when he makes it into a loaf of bread, he is absolutely not putting any dairy in it whatsoever. Except we do, he does make his own butter. He'll get some cream and put that through the food processor and we have homemade butter, ice cold homemade butter that he makes himself. It's excellent. There's nothing in it except just cream. And we put that on the, on the vegan bread. But, um, you know, so if you are vegan and you're looking to do something with a little bit more protein, you might want to think about that, you know, uh, make your own, a sourdough starter, Josh, Joshua Weissman, W E I S S M A N or Wiseman. Uh, he is on YouTube. He is excellent. He's an excellent teacher on how to do sourdough and advanced sourdough starter. Um, he'll tell you every single thing you need to have the big holes in the sourdough bread, the flavor. I mean, it takes a couple weeks to get it to where you want it. My son made flatbread today because we don't have an oven. It was really amazing. Really, really good. And it, again, has three, because of the yeast that grows naturally on the wheat flour that creates a sour flavor, it will actually give you like 30% protein. Or no, no, I'm sorry, three times as much protein as a normal piece of bread that has dairy and egg and all that. And it's nice because it's vegan. It's very clean kind of bread to have. Anyway, um, I'm going to pause this for a minute and go upload all of the other introductory things I normally do. Hold on a minute. All right, guys, and to continue with some of the craziness... I just went to my Google Chrome where I had, I told you earlier, yes, in, well, in the last episode that I had a million tabs open and all of a sudden I had zero, no tabs open. I had to go hunt for the tabs that I had had open for months and also the four that I used for the introduction. I have had them open every day for, well, Monday will be the, uh, a full month since I've lived in this new place. <laughs> it's unbelievable when this happens. It's just absolutely unbelievable to me. But there it is. So, okay. Oh, I just sat in a different place in my room. The sound quality is a little better. How awesome is that? Okay. Putting my readers, cheaters back on. Okay. (laughs) Spaceweather.com. Wow. What a difference a couple hours makes because here it is. Solar wind speed has slowed down a bit. It's uh, 395.7 kilometers per second right now. Now, um, the same articles that were up before are still up, but there's one I didn't tell you about earlier. The rare red rainbow. Rainbows are normally red, yellow, green, and blue. 
in short, all the colors of a rainbow. Yeah, he didn't see purple. In Indico, you can't really see, but I've, I've seen purple in rainbows a lot in Tahoe, actually. And here, actually here, living in the cloud forest, you're bound to see some rainbows. And I have seen, I've made out that purple sometimes is absolutely beautiful. But check this out. The rainbow that Harlan Thomas, you know what? I used to know a guy named Harlan Thomas. I wonder if it's not the same guy I met all those years ago. I don't even know. I think I met him from school. I think it was in universities back in Santa Barbara. I used to know a guy named Harlan. Oh, wait a minute. Now it was even before that in high school. I've known two people named Harlan, and I think Harlan Thomas might have been my bus driver in high school. It was so strange, right? And I think he might have been from Canada. Anyway, Harlan Thomas photographed this near Calgary, Alberta on June 8th and the rainbow he photographed guys was simply red oh my gosh he says he was hoping he, I was hoping to find some noctilucent clouds and decided to leave a bit early to catch the sunset as I was shooting the setting sun I looked over my shoulder and my mouth dropped to my knees there was a rainbow that looked close enough to touch and what made the rainbow red? It was the only color available. Whoa. I mean, this is like a rainbow in hell. <laughs> it's so red. It's so crazy. It looks like there's other colors there, but they're absolutely not visible. And there's like a double rainbow effect to this picture. You guys have got to see it. Anyway, he says, um, or they say, all the other colors of the rainbow had been scattered away by air molecules and dust particles in front of the low-hanging sun. It's a nice consolation prize in case you did not find those noctilucent clouds. You need to see this, guys. If you go to spaceweather.com, you're going to find that picture kind of halfway down the page. Now, as far as, let's see, um, some of the other news I said before, like we're still going to get bombarded by solar radiation, solar winds on the 13th and 14th. That still stands and we're still at 10.4 percent or very high in the uh, neutron counts coming out of the university at ulu finland um those are still from my earlier report so okay all sky fireball network has reported that today on june 11th there were 17 sporadic fireballs this is in the all sky fireball network coming out of nasa's all sky camera and that's what they're reporting so that's pretty cool and they were able to catch those you know what did we say from yesterday it was like 10 right or 11 i can't remember i'm doing two shows in a row because i was abducted by aliens at, for eight hours yesterday i think <laughs> even my son is like i don't know what the hell happened to us he was just like what he's like why like all like when I and when I looked on the Breaking Bad to see where how many episodes we had actually, you know, watched in our sleep, it was only like three episodes. So after like three episodes, which this never shuts down my tablet, but three episodes shut my tablet down. What the hell? I mean, it's weird. Why? <laughs> you know why? <laughs> um. So strange. I don't even know. Okay, uh, DisclosureNews.it, Power 32. So 32 hertz frequency 
on the Schumann resonance scale coming out of Italy. Now, when we go to Schumann resonance's power of the GCMS magnetometer, magnetometer, I don't know how to say, I still don't know how to say that, from heartmath.org, from the HeartMath Institute, this is what we have. Now, we're two days behind, and I don't know why, but, oh, goodness, you know what, I'm going to move this over and see if we can't do something even better. Uh, It looks like maybe, possibly, there's something a little, maybe they did do it. No, they did not. Damn it. All right. Well, oh my gosh. <laughs> it lo- I'm like, oh, look, I, it looks like I'll be able to get a little bit more closer to today. And it's just, it's one of the hardest. It's a really sensitive website. You touch it one little bit and suddenly you're a month ago. <laughs> If you know what, if you have a tablet and you're looking at heartmouth.org or on a phone, you know what I mean. It's almost impossible to read this website. It's very sensitive. Unless you have a computer and a mouse, it's impossible almost. Anyway, um, Tuesday, June 9th, um, so that's two days ago at noon. This is the most recent report coming out of HeartMath. California was at 126 hertz frequency. Well into the fifth dimension. Hafu, Saudi Arabia at zero. I don't know why they were very high um, in the frequency range uh, a few, well, I guess about a month or two ago. Anyway, uh, Lithuania was at 425 hertz frequency on the Schumann resonance scale. That's huge, ten times more what you need than what you need to actually be in the fifth dimension. Alberta, Canada was at 245 hertz frequency, and. Northland, New Zealand was at 69 hertz frequency. And the last but not least, Hulului, South Africa was at 180 hertz frequency on that Schumann resonance scale. All right, so I don't know why we're back. We're backtracking or somehow I'm off in A Course in Miracles, but... The one I expected to read earlier (laughs) is the one I'm reading now. Lesson 310. That means we have 55 days left reading the Course in Miracles lessons. There's only 365. And that takes us a year. But it's taken us a little bit longer because I'm taking weekends off. And that's okay. I mean, if you want to do this on your own, you could go to ACIM.org. Or you can just go look up ACIM or A Course in Miracles in your Play Store, whether it's i is it iPlay, iStore, I don't know what it's called. I can't afford an iPhone, but <laughs> uh, I do have an Android tablet, and I go to my Play Store through Google Play Store, and I have seen a lot of A Course in Miracles apps over there. So go pick the one you want and have at it if you want to read the whole thing. All right, you could probably download the PDF as well of the book part of it, as in, in addition to the lessons because it is it will really behoove you i learned that word in grade school behoove did you guys learn that word in grade school too it's hilarious i love that word anyway it will behoove you to avail yourself that's another phrase i learned in grade school why they're coming to me now i don't know but it's hilarious um (laughs) to avail yourself of all of the information from a course in miracles it's all free always will be if you read the book as well as the lessons And then when you're done with all that, you can read the teacher's manual. 
and that will be something. Okay, guys, this is weird. I told you I didn't look. I I didn't find any marks on my body from what I believe to be an alien abduction. But in this light, I'm looking, and there are three antimatter moles on my leg. <laughs> Calling them antimatter moles because they're like white, whiter than my skin, and my skin's pretty light, but white. Uh, they look like reverse moles. There's three of them in a row. And I've never seen these before. Ooh, actually there's four of them. And then there's another thing that looks odd, but it still might be. But this is something that wasn't there. I was just looking at this part of my leg yesterday, my lower leg. And I have four, I don't even know. They're not craters. It's not like something's been removed. Maybe it is, actually. I don't know. I don't know what happened, but I think I was abducted yesterday and this is one of the things I'm noticing I don't know maybe I got hypo sprays in my leg weird that it would leave a mark though right I don't even know um uh, tomorrow we'll see I'm gonna go I'm gonna go stand in front of the mirror see what I can find if there's any marks on my body <sighs> that was crazy anyway let's do it lesson 310 in fearlessness and love I spend today in fearlessness and love I spend today this day my father would I spend with you as you have chosen all my days should be and what I will experience is not of time at all the joy that comes to me is not of days nor hours for it comes from heaven to your son this day will be your sweet reminder to remember you. Your gracious calling to your Holy Son, the sign your grace has come to me, and that it is your will I be set free today. That it is your will I be set free today. We spend this day together, you and I, and all the world joins with us in our song of thankfulness and joy to him who gave salvation to us and who sets us free or who set us free we are restored to peace and holiness there is no room in us for fear today for we have welcomed love into our hearts in fearlessness and love I spend today Again, that's lesson 310 in a course in miracles. So there you have it. I'm going to take a quick break, guys. And when I come back, it is fairy tale Thursday. So I'm going to go and look for some good fairy tales for you. Hopefully there'll be actual fairies or maybe mystical, mythical creatures in them, hopefully. That kind of keeps the metaphysical stuff with the ethereal world in which we're actually headed again. All right, I'm going to take a quick break. So listen to this message and I'll be back in a flash. It took me a hot minute, but it, I did finally find some Persian 
fairy tales and some other very interesting things about Iranian folk tales. So Iran is a country that is primarily Muslim, but Shia Muslim, not um, Sunnah. So they're in the minority of the Muslim uh, faiths. So I don't know if these stories are going to reflect that or if they're older than Islam itself. But when I do fairy tale Thursdays, which is not every week, it's every two or three weeks. But when I do the fairy tale Thursdays, it's because I want to preserve a culture and talk about a culture that is currently, you know, going, the people in that culture are currently going through something hard. And even though coronavirus is now pretty much impacting or has impacted the majority of the countries out there, Iran has had its own share of problems lately. I used to go to a Persian mosque in Oakland, California, and I didn't understand a word most of the people there said because they did not speak English. I tried to teach English there, but nobody wanted to learn it except for one lady. God bless her. But <laughs> um, so I only made a little teeny tiny bit of money. But um, it was wonderful. It was a wonderful experience. I uh, learned a lot about the Persian food, and it was very, very good. But um, there's a lot of things going on. Like their government has been controlling their internet, and the people are not able to have basic needs met. I think power has been out. There's been a lot of floods. I've reported this stuff in my uh, Friday uh, shows on earth changes. So when I read these stories, I want you guys to send a lot of love to the people of Iran. Just send them love and light and imagine that they're happy, they're warm, they're safe, they have food, and they're healthy. So, um, while you're listening to the stories from that culture, you can be thinking about just sending them love and the energy of sweet hugs. That's, uh, what I wish for everybody in the whole world, no matter what. So, let me take a sip of my tea, and then we'll get going. gallon of milk you guys you have no idea fresh milk in a gallon it's almost six dollars it's rare it's like there's only one store here that actually sells it everyone else sells this strange pasteurized milk that sits on a shelf for god knows how long in plastic bags which is so strange which i got used to that and that's usually the milk we drink but this and that's like 89 cents for like a liter but this is really good milk and I put it in my in my black tea the little bit of sugar it's really really good so I'm gonna have a little bit more it's nice and hot and I'm cold so here we go and then then I promise <laughs> okay damn near, damn near spilled it on myself Okay, uncoordination aside, here we go with the Persian 
fairy tales and you adjust my cheaters. <laughs> Get the glasses on. Okay, here we go. Now the first story is called The Faith of a Starving Man. Once there was a wandering dervish. Oh, and by the way, it says Yekibu Yekinabud. I don't know what that means. I know it's Persian. And I don't know if this is just a fairy tale that's so well known that there's no author to it or if that's really the author. And they all say that Yekibu Yekinabud. Sounds cute. I don't know what it means though. <laughs> Only my kids. Uh, took Farsi, my youngest took Farsi and I don't think he learned a whole lot You know, when we hung out with our Arab friends we learned quite a bit of Arabic but the Farsi, I don't know why it's not uh, it was really hard for us to understand it at all but I wish we could because beautiful people beautiful things come out of this culture <sighs> just um, right now they're, the people are suffering so extra love Oh my god, extra tea, that was so bad. Alright, so here we go. The Faith of a Starving Man. Once there was a wandering dervish of good piety and faith who was starving and lost in the desert. As he was walking along an old pathway in search of something to eat, he found an empty fruit sack that had been thrown by the road by a previous passerby. The dervish picked up the sack and swung it over his shoulder while praying loudly, thank God for giving a starving man an empty sack of fruit as he continued to walk. After he walked some more, he came across an old hunting bow whose string was broken. He picked up the bow and put it in his sack and he prayed out loud, Thank God for giving a starving man a hunting bow with a broken string. A bit further down the road, he saw an old tree that was dead and bore no fruit. He broke a few dry branches off of the old tree and put it in his sack. And again he said loudly, Thank God for leading a starving man to a dead fruit tree. And then he continued his way. He walked some more and found a dented old cooking pot. He picked up the old pot off the ground, blew the dust off of it, and put it in his sack too. He again loudly prayed, Thank God for giving a starving man and a dented old pot full of dust. After he continued walking, he found on the ground a fishing hook, but no fishing pole. He picked up the fishing hook, put it in his sack, and again he declared loudly, Thank God for giving a starving man a fishing hook with no fishing pole. Finally, after days of walking, his path ended in a ended at a river that was so large he could not see to the other side. The old dervish fell to his knees at the river bank and he prayed loudly, Thank God for leaving a, leading a starving man to a river so great that he cannot hope to cross it. Then he tied the fishing hook 
to the broken string on the hunting boat and used it as a fishing pole. He caught himself a fish that he cooked in the old pot over a fire he, that he had made from the dried tree branches. Aww. See if you're grateful for everything you get, even if you don't understand it. Then God will give you more. And again, you might not understand it, but in the end, you put it all together and you go, Ah, now I see. I see uh, what it was all there for. I think that's a, that's a really excellent uh, message. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Again, with two cultures in a row without sexism in their fairy tales, right? <laughs> all right, more tea. Hold on. <laughs> fresh milk it's been like months months and months maybe even a year since we've been able to get fresh milk like that okay <clears throat> this one is called the smart rabbit far away from here there was once a lovely tree covered valley surrounded by high mountains a mighty river ran through this valley, watering all the variety of trees and other plants that grew there. Many animals made this valley their home, rabbits, birds, squirrels, and deer. They all lived happily in the valley because there were no wolves or lions there to eat them. Eh, but one day, a wolf climbed down the mountains and entered the valley. No sooner had he arrived that he started to chase after the helpless animals, and he ate them one by one. Only on rare occasions would one of the animals manage to run away unscathed, but all the animals were worried that next it would be their In their worry, the animals turned to the old owl and asked him to find a way to rid the valley of the wolf. The owl replied that there was no way to fight the wolf, whose fangs and paws were more powerful than any other animal in the valley. So they must learn to live with the wolf, the owl, the old owl, counseled. The animals protested that they could live in constant fear of being eaten, and so they hatched a desperate plan. It was agreed every day one of the animals would be selected by the others who would go to the wolf and be eaten. That way, the rest of the animals would rest peacefully, knowing that the wolf had eaten that day and would not be chasing them. Naturally, the wolf, who was tired of chasing the animals and relished the idea of his food coming to him by itself, <laughs> agreed to this plan without hesitation. It's <laughs> crazy, right? I like this so far. And so the following day, the animals gathered together in the early morning and decided that the little rabbit 
who was the smallest and the weakest resident of the valley, was to be fed to the wolf. The rabbit was scared, and first he tried to run away, but soon realized that he had nowhere to go. He then considered fighting the wolf, but soon realized the wolf was far too powerful for him. So he meekly trudged to the wolf's lair, and once there he cried out, Oh wolf, oh wolf, come out of your lair, for I am to be your supper today. The wolf immediately came out of his lair and sniffed the rabbit hungrily. Why, what a little delicious mor moral you will make, said the wolf. I can't believe my luck in finding this valley where the animals sacrifice themselves to me so willingly. It is true, I was brought here by my own four little feet, the rabbit sighed, for I know that I cannot escape my fate, and such a mighty wolf as you, even though you're not the scariest or the most powerful wolf in the valley. At this, the vain wolf, <laughs> he was dumbfounded. What? What do you mean? I'm not the scariest or the most powerful wolf in this valley. I am the only wolf here, and there are no other wolves in this valley, cried the wolf indignantly. Oh, you don't know about the other wolf? said the rabbit. No matter. You should go ahead and eat me now, for even if I escape your clutches, no animal could ever hope to escape the other, scarier, and more powerful wolf. The rabbit then tried to climb into the wolf's mouth. <laughs> the wolf bristled at the rabbit's words, shook him out of his mouth, and he said, Take me to this other wolf, and I will spare you for today, my delicious little morsel. Show me where this other wolf, who thinks he's better than me, lives. <laughs> the rabbit let out a little sigh and said, Oh, what difference does it make for me, to me, for in the end I will be eaten by a wolf, whether it is you or the other wolf with the bigger teeth and stronger legs. Eh, follow me then. Huh, said the wolf. We shall see who is bigger and stronger. Lead on. So the wolf followed the rabbit as they walked away until they reached an old abandoned well. There, pointed the rabbit, there's the lair of the other wolf, who is stronger and meaner than you. All you have to do is look down into the well, and I'm sure you will see him in there, resting from his last feast. At this, the wolf jumped into the well wall and peered down into the darkness. Oh, I don't see anything. It is too dark, said the wolf. You have to look more closely, for I'm sure he's in there, 
put your whole head down into the well, and you will see him looking back up at you, replied the rabbit. <laughs> so the wolf bent over and stuck his head into the well. After a few moments, when his eyes had a chance to adjust to the darkness, the wolf saw his own reflection in the water at the bottom of the well, as if it was another wolf looking back up at him. Ooh, aha! Now I see you, you coward! The wolf yelled into the well. No sooner had he done this than his own voice echoed back from the bottom of the well. Did you just call me a coward? How dare you! Come here and we'll see who is the nastier wolf, yelled the wolf. But again, his own voice echoed back to him from the well. The rabbit, who had witnessed the wolf arguing with himself in the well, told the wolf, I don't think he's coming out here. Naturally, the bigger and scarier wolf will have to chase after the smaller, less scary one. The wolf heard the rabbit, and without hesitation, he jumped into the well, chasing after his own reflection in the water. <clears throat> but since the wolf did not know how to swim, he never came out of the old well, and the valley was rid of the evil old wolf thanks to a small, weak rabbit. <laughs> you know, rabbits are known for being clever in these folk tales. That's pretty cool, right? Bugs Bunny, he was a clever rabbit. <laughs> So, I don't know. These stories are interesting. I like them. They're very different. Okay. The Wolf and the Fortune Teller. And by the way, before I get into this one, I wanted to tell you where I'm getting these because I want to give credit to the person who is on WordPress putting these tales out there in case you want to reread them again or you want to read them to your children or grandchildren. It's really sweet to read folk tales and to share other people's cultures I think um, I always shared books um, from other cultures with my children they grew up knowing stories from Japan and China and Native American folk tales as well as African folk tales and um, Indian folk tales and all kinds from all over the world so uh, this is one another reason why I'm doing this for you guys so here you go um, if you want to read this for yourself or to your own grandchildren here it is Persian fairy tales wordpress.com again that's Persian fairy tales wordpress.com all right back to the stories the wolf and the fortune teller late one night an old fortune teller was returning home from the bazaar it was getting dark so the fortune teller decided to take a shortcut through the woods to get home faster along the way she encountered a hungry wolf the wolf was about to eat her when she cried out Oh, wolf, spare me, and I will tell you your future. 
The wolf agreed, and the fortune teller held the wolf's ear as she concentrated. After a few minutes of deep thought, the fortune teller told the wolf, You will become a shepherd. The wolf instantly sat down and started crying, much to the surprise of the fortune teller. Why are you crying? asked the fortune teller. I'm afraid you might be lying, replied the wolf. <laughs> and that's it. That was the end of the story. <laughs> it's so strange. I like it. It's so weird. Okay, the fox that rode a camel. There once was a fox who lived near a garden. Many a day he would sink, slink through a hole in the garden wall and eat his fill of the delicious fruit that grew there. Oh, juicy persimmons, tasty peaches, and delectable tangerines. He would eat them all before trying to catch a chicken or two. So went the days for the fox until one morning the gardener caught sight of him. He chased him around the garden with a broomstick. The fox tried to jump through the hole in the wall, but discovered too late that the gardener had patched the hole with fresh mud plaster so that he could not escape. Seeing the gardener approaching while waving a big stick and knowing that he had no way of escape, the fox decided to simply play dead. He dropped to the ground, rolled over onto his back, and shut his eyes tight. When the gardener reached the fox, he saw him just lying on the ground, as if dead. The gardener poked at the fox a few times with his stick, oh, but the fox would not move. Assuming that the fox had died of fright, the gardener picked him up and tossed him out of the garden. Days passed and the fox was not able to find another way back into the garden. With each day he grew hungrier and hungrier, so he hatched another plan. He decided to visit a lion he knew that lived in a nearby forest in the hopes of eating some leftover scraps from the lion's table. He walked and walked until he reached the lion's den in a cave near the forest. The fox sat near the entrance of the den and he yelled out, Hello, lion. It is the fox here to pay you a visit, my old friend. Hello, fox. What brings you here? And how have you been? The lion roared as he came out of his den to greet the fox. I decided all the way over here just to visit you. After all, what are friends for if they can't visit their friends once in a while? Said the fox. But don't ask me how I am doing. For I carry many burdens and much sadness today. Why, fox, what has happened? Asked the lion, only slightly concerned. The truth is, I haven't eaten in days, and my belly is empty because 
I was not able to find any food on the way over here, replied the fox. Do you have anything to eat? For I have traveled a great distance to see you, and I am very hungry. I am ashamed to say I have no food for you, fox, for though I recently caught a fat boar, I'm afraid I ate them all up and have nothing left to share with you, said the lion. However, if you can wait a bit, just a bit longer, I'll see what I can hunt in the forest tomorrow. The fox was, who was too hungry to wait another day, he thanked the lion and he said, my dear lion, I don't wish to cause you any trouble. I happen to know of a stupid and dull camel that works in a grain mill nearby. Perhaps I could trick him into coming here so we can both eat well. <laughs> the lion agreed with the fox's plan and said that he would lay in wait for the camel to approach. Now all the fox had to do now was go to see the camel and somehow convince him to come near the lion's den. So the fox went to a neighboring village where indeed a camel worked at a grain mill. The camel spent days going around and around and around in circles, moving the millstone which was used to grind the wheat and the oat into flour. As he worked, the camel saw the fox approaching and said, Hello, fox. What brings you here? Hello, camel. I am happy to see you, said the fox cheerfully. I have come a long way just to visit you, old friend. For what are friends for if they don't visit each other once in a while? The camel thanked the fox for coming and asked, How have you been? I have never been happier, Camel, for I am on my way to a secret land I recently discovered, where the grass is always green, where is plenty to eat, and there's no need to work. Then, feigning concern, the fox lowered his voice and asked, Tell me, Camel, why do you spend your days going around in circles? Is this how you plan on wasting away your life? The camel thought for a moment, and he replied, I have to work to earn my keep. I turn this millstone every day from dawn till dusk, and in the evenings the miller gives me some food and a safe place to sleep. True, this is hard work, but I, I am content. The fox pretended to go into deep thought as he absently, absent-mindedly flicked and fluffed his tail for a while. Then he said excitedly, But I have an idea. Why don't you come with me to my secret land? I can use your company, and there you will never have to grind a millstone ever again my dearest friend. The camel stood still. He thought this over for a while and then he agreed to accompany the fox. The fox chewed through the camel's yoke and freed him from the millstone. Then he said to the camel, My 
my dear friend, as you know, I have been walking a long time to reach this place. Do you mind if I ride on your back as I guide you to my secret land? The camel agreed to this, being an agreeable sort of camel. And the fox jumped onto the camel's back as the two headed towards the forest. All the while, the fox whispered many lies about the secret land that he had supposedly discovered into the camel's ear, hoping to keep the camel distracted. The camel walked and walked until they approached the lion's den. At that moment, the camel caught sight of the lion hiding in the bushes and discovered the trap that had been laid out for him. Oh, how can I go to my doom with my own four feet? The camel reproached himself. I must find a way out of this trap before it is too late. So he immediately turned around and started walking back to the mill. <laughs> the confused fox asked, Why have you turned back now, camel? Oh my goodness, I have forgotten something very important. And I must fetch it immediately, for I cannot go anywhere without it, cried the camel. Well, frustrated, the fox yelled at him, What? What have you forgotten which is so important? A book of advice that my father left me. I must sleep with it under my pillow every night, or else I have bad dreams. The camel replied as he increased his pace to get away from the hiding lion as quickly as possible. The fox saw that he was powerless to stop the camel, so he decided to play along and try to convince the camel to return to the spot the following day. No matter, we will fetch your book, camel, and then we will come back tomorrow. But tell me, what advice did your father write down in this book, which is so important? The camel, who was growing breathless, replied, there were five. The first one was, never go anywhere without this book of advice. <laughs> but I have forgotten the remaining four. I'll remember them as soon as I get back to the mill. And as soon as the camel reached the safety of the mill, he sighed in relief. He said to the fox, Ah, oh, now I remember the other advice that my father gave me. The second was, there's no shame in honest work. The third was, be thankful for what you have. The fourth was, never be friends with tricksters, for in the end they will trick you too. But the fifth and most important thing my father told me, don't go close to lions. <laughs> and after having said that, the camel shook the fox off his back, and he returned to his millstone. All right, here we go. The King's Treasure. There once was a poor farm worker named Abdul Karim, who, with his wife Ziba, which meant the beautiful one, and his two children, lived in a sheltered valley surrounded by hills the sides of which were covered with fine gardens and in which grew peaches, grapes, mulberries, and other delicious fruits in great profusion. Abdul Karim 
was only a poor laborer on the land, receiving no wages, merely being paid in grain and cloth sufficient for the wants of himself and family. Of money he knew nothing except by name. One day his landlord was so pleased with his work that he actually gave him ten reals to do with as he wished. Now to Abdul Karim, this seemed a great sum, and so right after his day's work was done, he ran home to his wife and he said, Look, Ziba, here are riches for you, and spread out the money before her on their tablecloth. His wife, of course, was delighted, and so were the children. Then Abdul Karim said, How shall we spend this great sum? I think I will go to the famous city of Mashhad, which is only twenty miles from here. And after placing two riyals on the shrine of the holy Imam Reza, I will then visit the bazaars and buy everything you and the children desire. You would, you would better buy me a piece of silk for a new dress, said Ziba, his wife. I want a fine horse and a sword, said little Yusuf, his son. I would like an Indian handkerchief and a pair of gold slippers, said Fatima, his daughter. They shall be here by tomorrow night, said the father confidently. And taking a big walking stick with him, he promptly set off on his journey. Now when he had come down from the mountains to the plain below, Abdul Karim saw stretched before him the glorious city of Mashhad. And he was lost in wonder at the sight of the splendid domes where roofs glittered with gold and the minarets from the tops of which the priests were calling the people to prayer. Coming to the gate of the shrine, he asked an old priest if he might enter. Yes, my son, was the reply. Go in and give what thou canst spare to the mosque, and Allah will reward thee. So Abdul Karim walked through the great court amidst worshippers from every city in Asia. With open-mouthed astonishment, he gazed upon the riches of the temple, the jewels, the lovely carpets, the silks, the golden ornaments. And with humility, he placed his two pieces of money on the sacred tomb, leaving only him with eight reals. Then, through the noise and the bustle of the crowded streets, he found the bazaar, and he saw the fruit sellers in one place, and in another, those who sold pots and pans. Then he came upon the jewelers, the bakers, the butchers, each trade having its own part of the bazaar, and so on, until he reached the silk sellers. <laughs> I shall only ask you two hundred reals, as you are a new customer, 
Oh, I'm sorry. I skipped it. I skipped something. Hold on. Oh my god, can you hear the dog? There's a dog digging in front of my window. I think it's Blackie. Blackie. Oh my god, hilarious. And I'll look out there. What if it's a possum or something? Alright. Okay, getting back to the story. Abdul Karim entered one of the silk shops and he asked to see material. After much picking and choosing, he fixed upon a superb piece of purple silk with an embroidered border of exquisite design. I will take this, he said loudly. What is the price? I shall only ask you 200 reals, as you are a new customer, said the shopkeeper. Anybody else but you would have to pay three or four hundred. Uh, two hundred reals, repeated Abdul Karim in astonishment. Surely you have made a mistake. Do you mean reals like these? Taking one out of his pocket. Well, certainly I do, said the shopkeeper. And let me tell you, it is a very cheap at that price. But when Abdul Karim told him that he only had eight reals to spend, and he had to buy a horse, a sword, a handkerchief, and golden slippers in addition to the silk, the shopkeeper became angry. He threw Abdul Karim out of the shop. Here I have been wasting my time and rumpling my beautiful silks for a fool like you, cried the angry merchant. Get out of my shop. Disappointed, Abdul Karim then went to the horse market only to find that the lowest priced horse would cost 250 reals. The horse dealers mocked him when they found out he only had eight reals. They suggested he buy the 16th part of a donkey for his little son. As for a sword, he found it would cost at least 30 reals. A pair of golden slippers would run into the many hundreds of reals. And for an Indian handkerchief, well, the price was 20 reals. Sad and tired, Abdul Karim decided to return home. Along the way, he met, he met a beggar crying, Dear friend, give me something, for tomorrow is Friday, the Sabbath. He that giveth to the poor lendeth to the Lord, and of a certainty the Allah will pay him back a hundredfold. Of all the men I have met today, you are the only one with whom I can deal, said the simple Abdul Karim who was by then sick of money. Here, have my remaining eight reals. Use them in the service of God, and perhaps I will indeed get them back a hundredfold. Wrapping up the eight reals very carefully, the beggar promised some day to return them a hundredfold. At last, Abdul Karim came in sight of his cottage, and little Yusuf, who had been out all day on the lookout for him, ran breathlessly to meet him. Where's my horse and my sword, father? He cried. <laughs> and Fatima, who had just come up, called out, And my handkerchief and golden slippers. 
and Zipa asked for her bit of silk. But when she heard his story, and above all, that he had given eight rials to a beggar, Zipa got very angry and marched off to complain to the landlord. Now the landlord was even more angry and he yelled out, What? The blockhead gave his eight rials to a beggar. Send him to me. And when Abdul Karim came before the landlord, he said scornfully, You must fancy yourself a big spender. Abdul Karim, I never give more than a copper coin to a beggar. But your excellency gives them silver. So as punishment the very next day, the landlord instructed Abdul Karim to go into the desert and start digging for water and never to return until he found it. For many days, Abdul labored under the scorching sun until he had dug up a deep well and then he came upon a brass vessel, finely chased, full of shiny jewels and dazzling gems. Being simple, he did not recognize the value of the treasure he had found, but he remembered that he had made seen I'm sorry, that he had seen pretty pieces of glass like these for sale in Mashad, and made up his mind at the first opportunity he would visit the city and take the stones with him. Abdul did not have to wait long for an opportunity opportunity to visit Mashad again, for on finding water a little lower down, the landlord was so pleased that he gave him a well-deserved rest. With still a pocket full of jewels, he went straight into the shop where he had seen such stones, and he said to the shopkeeper who was seated at the entrance to his shop, calmly smoking his water pipe, Do you want to buy any more stones like those? He asked, pointing to some in a window display case. Uh, Yes, have you caught one? replied the merchant. For Abdul did not look like a man who was likely to have more than one. I have a pocket full of them, said Abdul. You have a pocket full of pebbles, more likely, thought the jeweler. But when Abdul Cream showed him the contents of his pockets, he was so astonished he could hardly speak. Leaving his apprentice in charge, the jewelry hastily left the shop and fetched a policeman. This man is obviously a thief, cried the jewelry. jeweler. His pockets are filled with diamonds, rubies, emeralds, and pearls of great price. Without a doubt, he has found treasure belonging to the king, which he is trying to sell. And so it was, since according to the law, all treasures found became the property of the king. Though Abdul Karim knew nothing of this, Abdul Karim was searched and the precious stones were found upon him, and he and his whole family were sent under a guard capital for further investigation. Let's see, I'm going to check the time here. 43, okay. While all these things were taking place, the king saw in his dreams, for three nights in a row, the holy prophet, 
who, looking steadfastly at him, proclaimed, Abbas, protect and favor my friend and servant. On the third night the king took courage and said to the prophet, And who is thy friend and servant? The answer came, He is the poor laboring man, who despite his poverty gives one-fifth alms at the shrine of Mashad, and now because he has found the king's treasure, they have bound him and are bringing him to this very city. So the very next morning the king rushed forth two days' journey to meet Abdul Karim along the way. First came one hundred horsemen. Next, poor Abdul, seated on a camel, with his arms bound tightly. Walking behind the camel were Abdul's weeping children and their mother. Then came the foot soldiers guarding the treasure. The king made Abdul's camel kneel down, and with his own hands, the king undid the cruel bonds on Abdul's Abdul Karim's arms. With tears running down his face, Abdul knelt before the king and pleaded to his dear ones, saying, If you imprison me, at least let these innocent ones go free. Lifting Abdul from the ground, the king replied, I have come to honor, not imprison thee. When thou hast rested, thou shalt return to thine own province, not as a prisoner, but as a wealthy man. And smiling, the king added, Already is the silk dress prepared for Ziba, the horse and sword for Yusuf, and the Indian handkerchief, and the golden slippers for Fatima, have not been forgotten. The king had read in the report of the chief of police and knew all of the details of Abdul's case. And so it was that Abdul's piety and gift to the shrine had come back, not a hundredfold, but beyond his wildest dreams. And the shrine and the poor benefited greatly thereby. So there it is. There is one more story. Let's see if we have time. Let's see how long it is. So we have about 10 minutes or so. I'm going to look how... Hopefully, oh, this is kind of a long one. We might have to read this on another day. All right, I'm going to tell you some really strange things I saw on a different website called Plumas Desi Merg. That's spelled P L U M A S D E S I M U R G H. Let me check and make sure where are we at with this. Okay. So I'm going to tell you this is interesting. I wish I could read you the last story, but if you want to go to the other website that I was reading from, you may read it for yourself. All right. So according to Las Plumas de Simurg, um, It says, there are ten creatures from Iranian mythology that you might not know about. The first one is a Simurg. It's a supernatural bird featuring in the 
Shahnama or Book of Kings, the legendary, semi-legendary history of Iran written by the poet Ferdowsi in 1010 Common Era. Now, Samurk is especially known for being the foster mother of the albino prince Zal, who was sent away by his father after his birth due to his condition. Samurk is the creature immediately below God in the epic tale. Her feathers hold magical properties, and she herself has medical knowledge. She assists the heroes when in need of her advice and can be summoned by burning one of her feathers, a gift only granted to her son, Zal. And she has climatic influence, especially over thunderstorms. She acts as a protector of Zal's dynasty, to which Rostam, the greatest hero of the poem, belongs to. She is not a simple animal, as she possesses a brilliant intelligence and an angel comparable spirituality. Simurg is an equally venerated and feared character in the Shahnama and still represents one of Iran's best known symbols. Kargadon, better known as by his Arab, uh, Arabic name, Kargadon, Kargadon literally means Lord of the Desert in Persian. Now, this was a fantastic animal said to dwell in Iranian and Indian remote prairies. The main characteristic of Kargadon was the one horn that sprouted from the top of its muzzle. This is the reason sometimes it's wrongly called the Oriental Unicorn. According to the geographer and historian Al Bruni's description around the 11th century, Cargadon resembled a dark-skinned buffalo with a dewlap quite recognizable and three hooves in each foot. Its horn was conic-shaped and bent towards the back of its head. As the years went by, other authors started writing about the said horn's curative properties, although it was said it had held a powerful poison inside. Now, today, the Persian word Kargadon is the one that designates the rhinoceros, whose ancestors are more than possibly the origins of this legend. Very strange, right? Okay. Um, there's a few more of these, but I'm not going to read them because this is too long. We may revisit this on another day. In fact, I'm going to bookmark this page. So, okay. Here we have it. So, those are some interesting things I found about the Persian culture. Now, usually I find fairy tales at fairy tales with a Z, not an S fairytales.com but they didn't have any from I looked up Iran I-R-A-N you know just the country name and also Persian and I couldn't find either um, you know with either I couldn't find any information 
so um, I mean in the fairytales.com so there you have it those were the two I found well I hope you've enjoyed this evening of fairy tales and folklore from Iran let's send love and light and extra blessings to the people of this country they are struggling many of the people are struggling there and um, well there you have it I wanted to thank you guys for listening to Metaphysical Soul Speak the podcast and telling all your friends and your neighbors who are interested in spirituality about the show a lot of you are writing to me lately and I wanted to say thank you for that Let's send special love and attention to Michelle's rooster for he has been very sick and his name is Casper. So let's also send love to little Casper so that he gets better because Michelle said she is worried about him and beside herself and didn't know what to do. So I'm asking for you guys to say a little prayer for the rooster, Casper. I wanted to also let you guys know that in just a couple weeks' time now, the voting will be open so you can nominate Metaphysical Soul Speak, the podcast, for a Podcast People's Choice Awards. So all I ask for you to do right now, if you think I deserve at least to be nominated, is to just go mark your calendar for the 1st of July. Just say, hey, time to nominate Metaphysical Soul Speak, the podcast, for an award. And I will tell you during the month of July what you need to do to go there and vote. So... There you have it. Tomorrow is Friday. That's our Earth Changes report day. And hopefully we'll find some odd, strange, unusual, or weird news to share that will delight you, inspire you, and simultaneously make you laugh. Because I think that's a wonderful way to go into our weekends. Now, some of you usually save these to uh, go into work with, well, at least before the quarantine. And maybe in the future you can go back to these and start your day off and your week off on Mondays listening to the Friday Earth Changes Report show. But I take the opportunity to see what exactly in the world is happening. And then we pray, or at least I... I say that we are going to pray, and I always say prayers, for the people that are suffering in the world as a result of Mother Nature doing her thing. (laughs) But anyway, it's always different every Friday, even though it's the same, um, similar topics, it's always different. So with that thought, I will be back tomorrow with all unique and original programming, just like always. But for now, I'm sending you all my love. And again, thank you for being here because I do love you all and appreciate you very much. But right now, I'm signing off with peace and joy and the high vibes of the Holy Fifth Dimension. Until next time, guys. 
peace. Metaphysical Soul Speak is run on sponsors and listener support. This means listeners like you. If you are so inclined to support my efforts and my little podcast, please visit me at anchor.fm forward slash metaphysical and pledge an amount of your choosing today. Thank you.